0: This is the Become an Unstoppable Woman podcast with Lindsay Preston, episode 132 Shedding Society's Layers. Welcome to the Become an Unstoppable Woman podcast, the show for goal getting, fear facing women who are kicking ass by creating change. I'm your host, Lindsay Preston. I'm a wife, mom of two, and a multi certified life coach to women all over the world. I've lived through enough in life to know that easier doesn't always equate to better. Hey there, my friend. Today is a very enlightening episode. I hope you're ready for it. Today, I have a very special guest. Her name is Alyssa Hall. You may have heard me talk about her recently. She has been my anti racism slash DEI coach since January. So, for the past eight, nine months now, we've been working together. And today, we are going to talk about what the journey has been like for me to do this work. And I'm going to share what the journey has been like and felt like, because in essence, what I've been doing these past few months, yeah, on paper, it could look like DEI training, anti-racism training, but it's really been me shedding society's layers. And this is work we all need to do, regardless if we are business owners or, you know, quote unquote leaders. And just, you know, to throw this out here, we're all leaders, right? Regardless, of if you consider yourself a leader or not, you're influencing at least one other person. So you are a leader. And this is work that needs to be done for you to live a deeply fulfilling life for you is for you to go in and say, okay, what are all these, in essence, beliefs society has kind of thrown on me without me even knowing it. And what do I want to think instead about the world and about others and about myself and how am I playing into these beliefs without knowing it? And in essence, maybe even too causing harm to other people. And so today, Alyssa and I are just going to walk through this journey of what it's been like for me these past few months, why I came to her, what people think the journey is going to look like, and what it really looks like. You know, a lot of people, for example, think the journey is going to be people bashing on whoever the client is, especially if they're white of like, oh, you bad white person, totally not the case at all. My journey has been full of empathy and full of growth, and it's been a very beautiful process. But again, we break down all of those common misconceptions about how it feels to do this work. And Alyssa is going to share some nuggets with you today to open your own mind about how society's layers may be impacting you and just a little bit about Alyssa is Alyssa is an African American and Cuban woman and she is a certified life coach. Upon completing her training at the Institute for Professional Excellence in Coaching or otherwise known as IPEC, she began her journey coaching corporate leaders and business owners on mindset and leadership. She now uses those same skills to coach on anti-racism. Her main area of focus is strengthening the leadership skills needed to have an anti-racist environment. Alyssa also focuses on the personal growth each individual needs to go through to become anti-racist themselves. She also uses her own experiences as a black woman to call attention to certain issues that may not be highlighted in the broader community. I have absolutely loved working with Alyssa so much so that even though we're wrapping up one-on-one coaching together, I'm now going to be in her group program, which I'm so excited about to continue to learn off of her. And I'm thrilled to share her with you today so you can learn off of her as well. So without further ado, here is my interview with Alyssa Hall. All right, Alyssa. I'm so excited. This is a very bittersweet moment. This is our last one-on-one session. Now I'm going to move into the group program with you. So this isn't the end, but... It has been such a journey over these past few months working with you. Yes. Um, And so I wanted to reflect on that today. And then just, as I said, hit record. And so everyone can kind of hear of what it's really like to do anti-racism work or commonly known as like DEI work. What What do you want to call it? What do you call it?
1: I've been really like playing around with it. The way that I really conceptualize this work is I'm just like, I feel like DEI is step two. And anti-racism is step one, since we focus so deeply on just like you as the individual person to then allow the DEI stuff to happen afterwards.
0: So where do you think we've gone? What would you consider this journey?
1: <laughs> I feel like this journey with you, I'm just like beaming this, this whole time. I'm just like working with you and having you as a client and seeing your growth has just been something that I've had to like ask myself of just like, okay, how do I do more of this? Like, where do I find more Lindsay's? Because this growth that you have had of being prepared for diversity is what I see anti-racism work as figuring out what's going on within you and seeing how that is being shown through your business in terms of the way that you have set things up in your business, or even just the clients that you're seeing coming into your business, how that's a reflection of what is going on inside there. And some of the things that you have been I don't want to say upholding because that's that sounds very conscious but have just been inside there like when we talked about the body thing I I still will never forget that that call yeah that links to so many things and I feel like where you are in your journey now is like you are so ready to take that next step this next step will be a little bit hard right like bringing in new people bringing in diverse clients seeing what all that looks like is going to be hard but you have done so much internal work and you've been tested
0: so many times on this internal work. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? We have to talk about that. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So that's what I want to talk about, Alyssa. Like, mm-hmm. I started to think before this interview, what most people think, you know, anti-racism or DEI work is like, right? And so here's what I wrote down. You tell me what you think, okay? <laughs> they think that you're going to come on this and you're just going to be made to feel really bad about yourself, especially mm. if you're a white person, yes. like, oh my gosh, they're just going to make you feel like the shittiest person alive and that you're going to yes. stay there. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's just constant, like shaming almost. Yes. You bad white person, right? Yes. I also think when people do this work, they think, oh, they're going to tell me to include everyone, like to not have standards or boundaries. Yes. Yeah. And we have to talk about that. <laughs> we okay. did. Okay. Cause that was part of the journey. I think they also think they want me to become politically liberal. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I also, yes. I also think they think they're going to take my power away as a person. Mm-hmm. They're going to want to control my thinking and not have me think on my own. Like, and just yes. in essence, like make me a little robot, right? Yes. Yes. Oh my God. Yeah. And then I also wrote that, okay, this is especially for the sensitive souls out there. If I go and I do this work, I'm just going to feel like shit all the time because I'm actually going to have to face how shitty the world can be. Mm -hmm. What did I miss off that list, Alyssa? I
1: don't even think you missed anything because that's exactly what it is. And I hear it from so many people. And like, I think another thing too is just, people feeling like they have to like be a martyr in order to do this work correctly. Like, oh, well, I can't sell high premium pricing anymore. I can't do X, Y, and Z. And it's just like, yes, you can. You can still make money. You can still hit your goals. You can still do all of the quote unquote selfish things that you want to do. We're just maneuvering how it gets done.
0: I'm so glad you brought that up because it's so freaking true. So freaking true. Yeah. It's like, like let everybody in and you don't get paid. Yes. Yeah. It's so not true. Okay. So here's what I, I want to say first. None of that is true. Mm-hmm. And I want to prove it in regards to how this journey has gone for me. So I want to start with how you and I met yeah. in January of 2021. So it was the week of the capital thing. What do we even call that anymore? Whatever. How this all started is my then social media manager, came to me, who's a Black woman, and said, Lindsay, are you going to say something? And I was like, oh, the mic's on me? You want me to say something? Because the way I treated my social at the time was just like, oh, I'll just throw stuff out there. I sort of comment on things I sort of don't. I don't really know if anyone's paying attention, whatever. And she wanted to make me more intentional. So I sat with and I said, okay, what do I really want to say here? And so I even reread the post today. I said something along the lines of, you know, yes, Trump and his supporters, it's no surprise what has happened here. He's obviously narcissistic all of, and I, I, that was a big stretch for me just to come out and Mm -hmm. say that. Right. But then I also came out and said, you know, regardless of their behaviors, let's find love and forgiveness. Like let's come to a place where we can move forward in action, of course, but in a way where we're not super angry. And I got a lot of great feedback from that. It was like, oh yeah, Lindsay, thanks for that reminder. Great. So awesome. And that's kind of, I posted it right before I went to bed. And those are the first people who responded. And I was thinking about how I've been coaching my clients and coaching my own brain throughout those past three months to not be in just hatred toward Trump and his supporters. Right. And then I woke up the next morning and then there were some women of color who posted on it. And were like, Lindsay, you have no right to say this as a white woman. And two, also taking in when things like that happen, be it the capital takeover or whatever, my MO is typically, let me just be somewhat informed, but I'm not really going to take in all of what happens because it's very uncomfortable for me and I don't want to really see everything. And so I'll just get informed and then peace out. Right. And so they're like, Lindsay, they were coming in there with like all different kinds of racial hate. Mm -hmm. Right. I forget all the details listed. Do you remember? It was the most,
1: I feel like alarming thing that I've ever seen in my entire existence. But like there was just a just so much hate, but also like there were weapons, like it was just a really strange, I, I feel like strange is the nicest way to put it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but there was just yeah, so much immense hate that was in that large crowd of people.
0: Yes. And then too looking back on it, you know, it does to me very much represent potentially how it looked whenever we ended slavery. Like just that anger from one side. Mm -hmm. And so that can be triggering to a lot of people, right? Right. Especially if you're a person of color, a black person in America. So anyways, these these women were calling me out like you have no right to say this. And of course at first I was very defensive. And then I started to sit with it and started to say, how could they be right? And I started to sit with, Lindsay, you didn't really take in all the videos. And two, when I started to get really uncomfortable with it all, I was like, oh, who cares? F it. Why do I even care about race? Mm-hmm. And then I was like, oh yeah, this is white privilege. This is white comfort. All of the things you had been reading about, Lindsay, because I'd been doing my work intellectually for a couple of years. I was like, you can just check out, but they can't. Right. And seeing that blind spot and not catching it faster was so eye-opening to me. You know, they say a lot of times when people change, it's because they had a broken heart or an open mind. And I kind of had both at the same time, like, Oh shit. And so immediately I took action, probably like 24 hours later, I went into a community that you and I are a part of. And I said, Hey, I really want to hire an anti-racism coach so I can become the advocate I want to be. Your name was mentioned. And I interviewed a couple coaches, but I knew from the start, I was like, I think Alyssa's my gal. (laughs) (laughs) And then you and I got on the phone and I don't even remember what you said to me or anything. I was just like, I love her energy. And your niche is anti-racism work for coaches. Yes. Where the other coaches, it wasn't their niche. And then we started this journey. Yes. Right. Oh my God. But I remember you looked me up, Alyssa, right? I did. <laughs> and tell everybody what you thought about me.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh. I love this. So whenever anyone reaches out to me, I am always just like, oh, what do they do? Who are they? So I always look everyone up. And the main thing that I noticed with Lindsay's is that she, to me, and I feel like because I'm in the world of coaches a lot, particularly life coaches to me have like a very similar, like marketing style. I don't know how to describe it, but it's like super vanilla is the best way that I can describe it. <laughs> and so <laughs> that I'm seeing this whole thing and then I saw the capital post and I was like, oh, oh my, okay, <laughs> okay. And I'm just like, oh my gosh this poor woman, I'm hoping this is why she's reaching out to me (laughs) because I can see where her intentions are and I can also see where it went left. Mm -hmm. And something that I just remember too, even in thinking about that moment. And when I think about one of the deeper parts of what this work looks like is being able to take a situation And connect it to other things that are going on and see how they connect. So even in thinking about the capital thing, for me, what I was thinking about was how there was so much hate and anger and just danger in that situation, but it was not treated as such. It was treated as, oh, look at these people just doing a thing. Hopefully they don't hurt anybody and nothing really happened to them compared to when nothing is actually going on, where they're treated as if they're all going to go on a murdering spree and they need to be controlled and taken care of. And I feel like when I saw your post, I was like, okay, there are like surface level things that she's seeing, but there's like underneath things that she's not able to like connect to whether it be like you mentioned, not having the full information or not seeing how it connects things, whatever. But the main thing that I remember is the way that your content was, was very much like the same that I always see. And I remember that's something I'm just like, I remember bringing it up to you. And I'm like, I don't know if she's going to understand what I mean by this. <laughs> like, I need her to see this as a reason of just like, when we talk about Diversity being like the second step of this work, we need you to be able to feel one hundred percent comfortable with who you are and show people that. Because then, when I got on the console with you, I was like, "Wait a minute, she is so chill. I really love her vibe." Where is this in the social media? Yeah,
0: which we went up later <laughs> in the journey. When you call <laughs> me out on that, right? Of like, and I think that's so interesting too because. Yeah, okay, so going back is like, I hired Alyssa, we start working together. I want to come back to what she said because it was super important. But where we started was you had me take Monique Melton's anti-racism yes. habits class. Am I getting that right?
1: Yeah, the racist yeah. habits class.
0: And if you don't know Monique Melton, how would you describe her, Alyssa? <laughs> I view her as very outspoken. She, just, <laughs> I...
1: Like this is a a little like y'all are finding out all my secrets today, but I purposefully give my newer clients her workshop because I know 120 things are going to pop up, right? There's going to be the thought that she is too abrasive, the thought that she is, what was the, like when we were talking earlier about what we believe anti-racism work is, that is the way Monique presents herself in a box and seeing all the thoughts that come up from that. And then on top of that, what she's saying is, is accurate. Like she's, she's like really good at teaching minute concepts, but in a way that is going to be triggering to people.
0: Exactly. Yeah. And I remember Coming to you after I listened to that class, I was like, listen, Alyssa, I am totally on board with all of these things. I know intellectually that these are the things not to do, but why can't she say it nicer? Yeah, Remember that? Yes. And you were like, part of it is to not say it nice. And the, from mm-hmm. that, I was like, oh shit, I've been tone policing and I myself have been people pleasing and watering myself down mm-hmm. for the comfort of everybody else along with this, right? And that's where we started that ball rolling of like, Lindsay, your social media is not in alignment with who you are as a person. And I knew that. And I was like, yes, Alyssa, I hate social media. Like my podcast is totally in alignment, the way a coach is in alignment, but I freaking hate it. I don't want to do it. And you're like, yeah, it shows. <laughs> Yeah. and too, and it also showed too is that we were talking about some consults that I had and I was like I feel like I'm jarring to people or they just feel off by me and you were like yeah Lindsay because you're not fully authentic in every step of your business and again I was like oh shit like you mean I'm still people pleasing and like just me having to shed that own layer because to me social is like where everybody sees you yeah and I didn't feel comfortable with that because it It was like, well, once you get into my world, I'll kind of show you who I am. But you were really challenging me, Alyssa, like you have to show up from the start because you're not going to attract women of color at all, or even just the ideal client that you want, Yeah. because they're going to be like, who's this cookie cutter white girl in essence?
1: Yes. (laughs) Right. Yes, exactly that. And that's what, for me being on the consult with you, I was like before, I was, I'm not going to say I was nervous. I was just like, okay, I'm wondering how she's going to conceptualize the story of what happened on your social media platform, like how she's going to tell me the story. And then when I met you, I was like, oh my God, like this is a completely different person. And I know so many coaches do this. And it's from the same thing of just as women, we're conditioned to people, please. And to do the thing that we need to do in order to get in, and then once we're in, we will hopefully feel safe or comfortable enough to, like, you know, take the bra off and, like, right, shed the know. layers. Yes, exactly. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. So you were really challenging me from the start of, like, okay, Lindsay, we gotta shed the layers, and it started wow. with that class again of, like, oh, you mean people are allowed to just say it however they want, yeah. and they're allowed to be angry and. And two, I took in too, you know, from that first call, I think, Alyssa, even maybe our consult. you know, we talked about, you're like, what you said, Lindsay, necessarily wasn't bad. You just weren't thinking about women of color when you said it. And that to me was such a huge aha, because I was like, you're totally right. I was thinking about myself, how I've put myself and my white client through this whole thing. And that to me was like, that's not okay. I need to be thinking about other women's journeys. If I'm going to sit here and say, I'm a coach for women, then it needs to be inclusive to all women.
1: Right. Right. Right.
0: And so part of our coaching journey, Alyssa was then really getting in the headspace of very typical stuff, but like the typical black woman, right. That I would work with the typical Asian woman I would work with and getting in their shoes and what steps they needed to take in order to get to me. Which I thought was so powerful. Yes.
1: Yes. Like, and I feel like for people who don't understand what it is that we're talking about, like for me, I like talk about in the sense of like, what? Like as women, we have a ton of societal messages that we have just been raised as like this is how we have to do things. Like what we spoke about with with the people pleasing, right? Like that's how we're taught. Like this is how we exist. This is what you do, blah, blah, blah. And depending on your cultural background or depending on your race, there's like layers more of societal messaging, but then also the way that society treats you shapes what your journey is. And what we did with you, Lindsay was really talking about like, what has their journey been and why is it that they're coming up to you to want to own their power? Where have they lost that and what is that they're trying to gain from working with you?
0: Yeah, which was so powerful because I've always understood the general mm-hmm. woman's experience. But then to just go a little deeper and it's like, OK, what is it with white women? What is it with black women? What is it with, you know, Hispanic women and so on and so forth? And, you know, to a lot of people, they'd be like, well, you know, again, shouldn't we just be mm-hmm. colorblind? Shouldn't we just treat everyone the same and if you're at, still at that stage, you're probably in anti-racism yes. training 101. <laughs> and I was there a few years ago. I totally get it. Uh, somebody who's always had a very diverse group of friends, you know, when people would come out and say, you know, let's do anti-racism training. I'd be like, why? I don't need that.
1: Mm-hmm. But
0: it's so important for people to be fully seen as themselves and to just acknowledge, like, Alyssa is a Black woman, Black yes. and Hispanic woman. Yes. Lindsay is a white woman right? And just taking that in it's not to put people in different boxes, right, Alyssa? Right. It's just to fully allow them to be seen. So then we can fully allow them to heal in essence what they may have gone through so they can fully step into who they're authentically meant to be. That's my take on it. What would you say? Yes,
1: that's exactly what it is. Because when we ignore parts of people's stories, how are they going to heal from that? And how are they going to acknowledge how it's actually a part of their own story. Because when we don't acknowledge things with people, it just brings on a lot of shame. It brings on a lot of, oh, this was me. Oh, okay. There's no explanation for this thing. Okay. It was clearly my own fault. And really it's like, nah, girl, it wasn't you. It was this and this and all this messaging. And these way that these people have been taught to treat you and all of these things to make it so that, oh, okay. I'm aware of this now. Now I know how I can move forward knowing that this is going to be a part of that and what I can do.
0: Yes. And I think for so many people, they think on two ends, like if you're not that person of color, they're like, oh, well, then they're just going to stay in victimhood. That's what they want. They just want an excuse. They just want a ticket of why they're not successful.
1: Mm -hmm. And
0: I've also seen from my clients and people I've been around is they don't want to acknowledge their culture as well, because they are aware of that stigma of other people judging them for it and being like, I don't want to acknowledge I'm black because then it's going to be like, oh, poor black girl. Right.
1: Exactly. Right.
0: And then, and instead we just have to say, Hey, this is just what it is. Here's general societal messages because of that. Because like you said, they internalize it of what's wrong with me. Why can't I get what I want? And yes, some of it may be on them, but it's so freeing to know too, of like, well, here's just what society typically is. It may not be your fault.
1: Right, right. And the best way for people to like understand and the way that we have talked about it a lot is like how our experience as women have been similar. Like what are things that we have been taught and we have been treated in a certain way? And just like, how does that frame our story and what good does it do to pretend that that's not happening?
0: Exactly. It just makes us, you know, the stigma of us being crazy. It makes us feel more crazy. Exactly. What the hell is going on here? Yeah. So we've been going through everybody's shoes and really like, okay, what is their journey to get to me? And on that, Alyssa, you know, part of that really breaks that one thought I I mentioned earlier is that, you know, DEI or anti-racism work is saying, let's include everyone you've really challenged me to be like, let's get really clear on who your ideal client is, Lindsay, what her qualities are. And in that journey, I've actually upped my game. I've taken on less people at certain stages because the reality is, you know, and you you called it one of our sessions is like, Lindsay, you really need a client who already has self-awareness. And I was like, holy shit, how have I not seen that? Right? And so I just want to blast that of like, it is so not true that this work just has you accept everybody. It's saying, here's what my boundary is. So how can I find more diversity in that boundary? And that's why we did that work too, of like everybody's journey to get to me.
1: Yes. Oh my God. I'm just like, after this call, I'm definitely going to like cry of happiness. <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> Yes, exactly that. Because I remember we had a conversation too about like standards and what does it mean to uphold standards while at the same time understanding someone's journey. And it's like, okay, well, we need to pay attention to what is important to us in terms of the way that we want to work with people. Are there parts that we just can't do? That is okay. Are there parts we're really good at? We just need to understand how it looks for different types of people and getting super clear on that. That has been just, Amazing seeing you go through that.
0: Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I go back to two, you know, a couple different stories that pop up for me. Is the first is you remember we were working through I was gonna let someone go on my team mm-hmm. who is a woman of color. And I said, Alyssa, I'm doing this work, but I really don't think this woman fits anymore. Am I am I potentially showing bias here? Right. 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 And you were you sat me down and you're like, no, Lindsay, this is just a standard or a boundary. But also in that journey of me realizing, okay, it's okay to let her go. You opened my eyes to, you know, the power dynamic between me being a white woman and any woman of color. You're like, no matter what happens, there's probably going to be this unspoken dynamic between the two of you. And me just being aware of that was so eye-opening too. And if you want to just touch on that, Alyssa, what that is.
1: Yes. Oh my gosh. That was really a deep conversation too, of just like understanding the way that people are going to be behave around you. And when you have a client or a, someone on your team or just a person in general, right. Who's at that same level of power dynamics. And what I mean by that is in the pyramid of society that we are currently in the very top of the, the totem pole is straight, cis, white men. And then it's like everyone else underneath that. And for everyone, I'd love for you to conceptualize wherever you are on the pole, someone who is exactly like you, what that relationship dynamic is like compared to the way that society has created this power dynamic of maybe you and a man or you and a white man, since they're at the very top, What does that conversation look like? What are the expectations that you are expected to behave like or interact like based off of that power dynamic? And a lot of these things aren't like rules that we have in our head. We've just been socialized to behave in this way in order to just for survival, to keep moving forward. So when it comes to women of color and white women, there is automatically a power dynamic that no one wants to be there. No one is asking for it to be there. It is just there because of society. Therefore, or even just like an employer and an employee, there's that power dynamic there. No one is asking for it to be there. It just happens to be there. Therefore, the way that we interact with people is going to be very different based off of the power dynamic that's at play. And that's something that we had spoken about of don't expect a woman of color to interact with you the same way that a white woman is going to interact with you, because the level of comfort is wildly different. And the way that you interact with a person may be taken a different way because of the societal power dynamics. So the things that you would say to a white woman may be taken differently than the way that you would say it. than if you said the exact same thing to a black woman because our brain is almost like translating it different because of the because of culture because of power dynamics because of all of the things that are there and it's just like even if you decide to let this person go and hire another woman of color this thing is something that you still need to internally work on to make sure that that relationship is amazing and runs smooth and feels comfortable for your team
0: yes and that was one of my takeaways too from that was okay, moving forward, Lindsay, how are you going to create mm-hmm. even more comfort for women of color just because of this dynamic? Whereas to me, I never saw it, obviously, because I'm higher on, on the totem pole. But when I did compare it to me and men, I was like, right. oh, it's totally there. If I walk into a room of men, even though I'm doing the mindset work to be like, okay, I'm, but there's still just those unspoken messages and that discomfort that comes up in me of Mm -hmm. who I'm in a room of men, (laughs) you know, the other thing too, was really interesting. So when you and I coached on that, I was letting go at the time of a woman of color and a white woman on my team handled it the exact same way, but their response was very different. The woman of color just quietly left, didn't say anything. And the white woman came to me and said, Lindsay, what can I do differently? How can I get better? And I came to you and I said, Oh, Alyssa, I wish The woman of color had come to me and said that. And that's where, again, you were like, yeah, but Lindsay, here's, you didn't create enough comfort, probably. And two, you know, you've got to think of the difference in conditioning between the two. And so, can you explain that, Alyssa?
1: Yes. So, this is another one where it's really good to think about the way that men are socialized compared to the way that women are socialized, right? So, women are socialized to be quiet, like we mentioned before, people pleasing, just, you know, being motherly, nurturing, whatever those words mean, that's how women are socialized. Men are socialized to be aggressive and forward and to ask for things and not even ask for help, but ask for the thing, whatever it is. And now thinking, so that's like men and women, right? Now, when you think of women of color, depending on their cultural background, they may have been socialized differently of just like listen we need to do x y and z in order to remain safe right these are all safety maneuvers that have been turned into just how we've been culturally raised and understanding where that is depends on the cultural background of the person so like someone who is the child of an immigrant maybe have been raised very different from someone who has been born here, right? America, there, like, we, since I am the child of an immigrant, I can see both sides. <laughs> like Americans are raised in the terms of being very forward, getting what they want. Like that is their thing. When you're the child of an immigrant, it's like, let's just not make too much noise. Let's not cause too much trouble and let's just do what we got to do. That's the mindset and seeing how that looks in the way the person is then brought up, right? There's a lot of things like we have to still in ourselves. What is the word? Not aggressiveness. That's not the word I'm trying to look for. But being able to ask for what you want and continuing to do it and not stopping, that is like us having to do that or even like seeing our parents having to do that. And then we have to try and do that ourselves. But a lot of it comes from culture. A lot of it comes from societal messaging. A lot of it comes from safety measures that our parents and grandparents had to use. But we aren't socialized in the exact same way as white women. So you see like things that can be seen as, my God, my brain is like, This ADHD loves to like turn itself on and turn itself off when it wants to. (laughs) Things that can be seen as entitlement. That's the word. I know. Entitlement. That can be looked like in many different Mm. ways, but a lot of people of color are not raised with that being a part of the way that we are brought up of like, we are owed this thing. Like we, duh, of course this is ours versus We have to work hard. We have to do this. We have to do X, Y, and Z. The mindset is very different. So when you see how someone is reacting to something, it can be from a lot of these core things.
0: I I don't know if that made sense.
1: I hope that made sense.
0: Yeah. No, that totally made, I mean, it totally makes sense. And that's where, again, like
1: Mm -hmm.
0: as a coach, it's so important for me to understand everyone's mindset. Right. And granted it's asking questions. I can pull it that way, but just getting a general idea of what is probably going to be their mindset Mm
1: -hmm. based
0: off their experience being whoever they are, right? And so being able to just be aware of that so I could find blind spots that maybe they won't even know is there, right? But then also looking at it from a space of being a business owner of how can I create so much comfort that we lessen that power dynamic. And you had even told me with the woman of color who didn't ask for questions for feedback to just tell her, and say, Hey, here's what you can do to improve in the future. And I will tell you between those two women, then, you know, with the white woman, we were able to talk things out and we were able to continue on the working relationship. Whereas the woman of color, she, you know, we didn't get to really have Mm -hmm. that. And so then that relationship ended and that right there is just one example of the difference of why certain people get farther ahead than other people. But I still take blame for that because exactly like you had said, Alyssa's is like, I don't think you created that comfort because I didn't even think there was a power dynamic. I was just like, here it is. You know, we're all at the same level, which we are not. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Right. Right. And that's the main thing that I hear from a lot of people too. Just like, well, why can't, and you, you touched on it a little bit before too, just like, well, why can't my whatever client, just tell me that this has to do with whatever, or why can't she, that this has to do with racism, or this has to do with society, whatever. And you mentioned it before of just, if that person doesn't have comfort with you, then they have been just calling it what it is. They've been gaslit their whole life around these situations made to feel crazy. So they're not going to just openly tell a person when they don't even know how much, you know, about the situation because they've been made to feel like, okay, you know, let me just not say anything about the race thing, because they're just going to tell me that it has nothing to do with it, even though I know it does. And there are so many, like thinking of someone who's been gaslit about their existence, their whole life, how much more can that show in other places as well?
0: Yeah. Well, and I can only relate to it from a gender perspective mm-hmm. of being gaslit. And, and sometimes too, it's like, I'm not fully consciously aware. Oh, I can't say this right now because I'm not safe. I just intuitively know it of like, Oh, I just don't feel comfortable to say this in this space. Yes. If I am consciously aware of it, I will then think something along the lines of, I already feel like I'm trying to heal the last traumas. I don't want to add on another trauma of you not being able to hold space for me.
1: Yeah. That's, oof. that's a really, that is huge. Yeah. And yes, that is very much so too. Just like, and thinking of the different layers of where gaslighting shows up, right. Cause it can show up in exactly what we're talking about of how, how it relates to our identity, but it can even show up in telling someone about themselves So let's say we were to go back to the situation with the team member. If that team member even had anything in their mind of just like something that they may have felt that you did wrong, for example, if they've been gaslighted their whole lives about everything else, it almost like for me, the way that I say to my brain is like, is it even worth it to have this whole like roundabout where I'm not going to get anything out of it? Let me not even bother. So that exactly, like you said, so I don't add another layer of frustration, anger, trauma, whatever.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it goes back to as I did this work, you know, from a lot of black women, especially they're just like, I'm so tired, Mm -hmm. so tired. And even as I did this work, because not only am I doing this work intellectually, which I felt like I'd already done, I finally was doing it in my body and like feeling through it. And a lot of the time I was like, this is tiring Um, because you do, you have to go in and fully recognize like what has really happened to me in my life? Where has society kind of screwed me with its own layers and essence or structure or beliefs. And it's not like we're here to be mad at anybody's 1.1 finger. It's just the system we've all upheld, but it is, it's kind of shocking and jarring. You know, you and I have had conversations on many different topics about society over these past few months, one of which we were just talking about before and about the diet or the looks call that we had, where I got on the yes. phone with you and I said, all right, Alyssa, <laughs> I'm finally ready to talk about the diet industry and how it impacts everybody. Because I must admit, like I have benefited from that. I've always been naturally thin. And so when all mm-hmm. these other women are like, oh, I hate, you know, the diet industry and I've been like, well, it's kind of bad, but it's not so bad. And for whatever reason, I can't remember what woke me up to it, but it was like, F this, (laughs) let's talk through it. Yes. And so I just share that because I view this work of doing, you know, DEI, anti-racism, whatever you want to call it, is such an internal transformation. Yeah. And that's really, you know, you and I talked about this too, is like, it is very uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable work for sure but it does lead you to your authenticity in that process. And people fear that so much because they don't want to be uncomfortable. But in essence, like you're shedding all the stuff you didn't even want to be a part of anyway, right? Yes,
1: that's the, the most amazing piece is like, we, a lot of us are just like down with the patriarchy, burn it down, blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, so clearly our values are aligned with it. But we don't realize how much we're still taking in all of the same stuff, but we're translating it and it looks different, but it's the exact same thing. And not only are we like harming ourselves in the process, honestly, but then just everyone else that just comes into our space, they aren't able to heal from it in the way that we really want them to.
0: Yes. And you're speaking of as coaches.
1: Mm -hmm. Like if
0: we don't do the work, how the hell are we going to ask our clients to do the work? Right. Yeah. And if I'm sitting here all about women owning their power, becoming their authentic selves, like this was the work that I needed to do to get there even more. Right. It's not like, and this is something you said in one of our calls too. It wasn't like what I was doing before was not authentic Right. or quote wrong or bad. It's just, then I grew. Yes. And my perspective
1: changed, yes. right?
0: So many times in our society, it's like, well, was Lindsay's post that day good or bad? Well, it was a little good and a little bad.
1: Exactly, exactly.
0: And then she shifted and evolved.
1: Right, and that that's something that I feel like is important to, like, I'm glad you brought that up because with everything that we do, there's no all good or all bad. It's just, how can we be more aligned with, our values and taking actions to uphold those values and stepping further away from problematic stuff. That's literally what this work is. And without it, we're just continuing the cycle of the problematicness. But again, it doesn't make us all good or all bad.
0: Yeah. And I want to go back to what you just said a bit ago of, yeah, we're all like, especially a lot of the women I work with, they're like, F the patriarchy, Mm -hmm. you know, we see how it impacts, especially in corporate America and it's BS. Well, you can't just sit around and in essence, you know, what do they call it? Like, like what what do they say? Like you're just talking the talk. Yes. Right. Like you're moving your lips, performative allyship. Right. Yes. It's like, you actually have to go in and really feel through this shit of like, okay, how has the system impacted me? And how am I upholding the system in ways that I don't want to be a part of and, and having some mourning in that and some self-forgiveness in that and asking for forgiveness in that process too, of anyone you may have harmed and then being like, okay, all right, now how can I do better? Yes, exactly.
1: Because I feel like I always talk in the context of like coaches, because that's who I work with, but honestly, it's all of us. And I can even like, think of My own self, like where my journey really like began. I was just like opening up, like oh, this is what's going on, and that changed me a lot in the way that I saw, like my parents raising me. Like there was even a deeper understanding there of just like oh, okay, and that allowed me to release some annoyance and frustration there. And then what that shifted to was like okay, well, how can I In my privilege of being a business owner, say, how can I continue to align myself with this? And just by existing, make it so that we're shifting further and further away from it. What is my place in this? And what does that look like? And how can I acknowledge the the privileges that I have so that I can help other women get to this place too? There's so much deep work in doing it as, as just a regular person.
0: Totally. And that's why we all should do it. And now in my world, you know, you and I have coached on this recently. and just, even my husband, I'm like, dude, you've got to do the work of just seeing how you say you're a feminist, yeah. but there are things you do to me where you mansplain on me. You talk me out of my truth. Yes. You don't even realize you're doing it. And it's super harmful to me. And it's super hurtful. Yes. Right. And so it has a circle of facts of like seeing everybody else who needs to do the work, right? Yes. It's, it's all human work. It's not just for white people right. or for coaches. It's for everybody to do. And that's why, you know, Alyssa, I've brought you on this next year to work with my group clients yes. and my mastermind for ongoing clients, because it's like, oh my gosh, everybody has to do this just for their own self-transformation. Even if they don't want to be an activist or all of the things, yeah. just by you shedding your own layers. I mean, you're going to transform the world just with that. Would you agree? Yeah.
1: There are so many, like when I tell you random life things that I have this one colleague, we're all, we're in a group together. Her name is Nina Everflow. And I remember I was like, really like not feeling well. I had a call with you that day actually. And there was like, it was the day that this is like a whole nother story, but there was a day like this woman was stalking me. It was a very like oh
0: yeah, it was I it that. was yeah.
1: a bad mental health day because of all that. And I remember I was just like, I, I don't want to cancel my calls, blah, blah, blah. And Nina was like, you know, by doing this continuing to work even as you're not feeling well, you're you're doing the the thing that you hate. You're you're aligning with white supremacy culture and saying, like, oh yes. We just keep pushing forward even when things are terrible. And I was like, oh my God, you're right. Okay. I'm just not going to do it. I'm still going to feel weird about canceling all my calls today, but I'm, I know that I'm aligning with something that is important to me instead of continuing to perpetuate the norm of, Hey, we're terrible. We are like sick. We are mentally not feeling okay, but I just have to show up anyway. No. and. There are so many little things like that in just everyday life of just like, okay, I'm noticing a thought coming up. Where is that thought coming from? Challenging what I'm telling about myself or what I'm saying about other people on a regular day, just so that I can then feel better. Because there's so much stuff that we have weighing on us or we feel like we have to align with in order to get ahead. And it's, it's, that's very heavy. And to be able to just release that is amazing. Like you said, regardless of what you do or regardless of who you are.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Again, it's like, we could talk so much about just that one thing about professionalism yes. and white supremacy. Cause even if you hear that word, white right, Supremacy and you're like, Oh crap, that's scary. It's not as scary as, it's, yes. as you think. I just, you know, a structural system that we're all even white people are not benefiting from honestly. Yeah. But that's, what's been such a benefit of this, Alyssa is I went in thinking, okay, I'm going to do this work for other people like, and be an anti-racism mm-hmm. advocate even more. Cause that's what I want. And that's what I want as my legacy, but going in and being like, Oh shit, I'm going to transform in this process too like I have to do the work. I'm going to have to shed these layers and get really uncomfortable because just that one you mentioned of professionalism and showing up, you know, what we think we have to show up all the time, right? And be perfect. Yes. And just shedding that and continually shedding that is so uncomfortable for a lot of people, especially I think business owners because we're like, holy shit, are my clients going to fire me? Like yes. My livelihood's on the line. <laughs> like, And then in realizing you can do those things that everything will be okay. And then it inspires somebody else to be like, wow, I get to call in sick too. I get to take a mental health day. I mean, everyone's talking from the Olympics of Simone Miles. Exactly. And it's like exactly. when one person does that, it's a trickle effect,
1: right? Exactly. And that's what I see when I think of what my work is. It's like to make it so that other people are also creating the trickle effect in their worlds, in their lane. And that's why I'm like so excited about like what you're doing and how you've grown in this journey. So now your clients can do the exact same growing and how this can show in their lives. And even if like their moms and like their children, right? Like seeing how their daughters will now see themselves differently and grow to be just more stronger and powerful. Again, just as a result, as you deciding Mm -hmm. to do this work.
0: Yeah. And on that, I'm glad you brought that up with my own daughter. So we've always read the books and done the things and she's been even more of an advocate than I have, but her owning her own power in these yeah. past few months in so many ways and me yeah. not even really talking about this journey as we've gone on and Alyssa with anybody really, because it's just been work that, you know, when you're going through something, you don't want a lot of people's opinions in it. You're yeah. just like, I just want to keep my head down and really figure out what's true for me. But just people feeling my energy change, like her, for example, and seeing her step into it, I'm like, holy shit, what's going on? And I've told you too, of like, you know, there's a period where I had a bunch of consults a couple months after we started working together. I didn't close them like I normally did, but I was like, but they're not really clients I want to move forward with. And then there was kind of a dry spout. And then all of a sudden I've been getting these consults again. And I'm like, Alyssa, these women are so different, but like my social still needs a lot of work. (laughs) I really haven't even talked about the work you and I have been doing, but something about my energetic BO is different. People can feel it off of me. Yes. And so that's the power of this work for sure.
1: Yes. And it's even because I'm a mom, I have a five-year-old. And so sometimes I notice like some things that my mom would say in the exact same moment and things that I don't say. And something that I noticed a lot about my own mom was that she, she was Hispanic, but she was also very, very anti-Black. And we don't have time to explain what that is, but definitely go look what? that up.
0: Even though your dad's Black? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my gosh.
1: Her current boyfriend is, is also Black. <laughs> As, That's a whole nother topic. Not my business. <laughs> not <a problem. laughs> But there were so many things that she would say to me. And a lot of these things are just very normal in Hispanic culture where it comes to like the hair conversation. That's a whole thing, like having your curly hair be natural. That's messy, right? But there's like so many little things that I notice that my daughter does that remind me of myself. And I'm just like, wow, my mom would say X here. And just with me not saying that, that alone is having my daughter feel more comfortable with herself. And it's like little changes like that. So even if we don't say, like that girl doesn't know what I do. And I feel like it'll be so long before she actually understands the work that I do. But what she will notice is how much, like you said, she's able to own her power and own her individuality just from the things that we are now either saying more or not saying to them.
0: Yes. That's why so many days when I'm journaling and I count my Wednesday day, if my kids are like really representing themselves and owning their power, I'm like, win for me because I'm creating that because I know what it's like not to have that. Right. And on that note, Alyssa, to wrap this up, I would say that doing this kind of work is really like the biggest middle finger you can give the society ever. (laughs) It is. Of, like, I'm gonna first figure out this whole societal structure that I've been a part of, what some people then call like the matrix that I haven't even, yes. you know, really even signed up for, but I'm, I was born into it. Like, what is this thing? And then, how do I wanna fit into this, especially as a woman to be able to do that? And especially a woman of color to be like, how do I wanna represent myself intentionally and authentically in this? Which is like a whole nother conversation, Alyssa, that you. We, you and I really coach on, on intentional decisions, making sure we always make intentional decisions. Yes. But yeah, of them being like, okay, how do I want to show up? I mean, that is so rebellious. Like, that to me is yes. the ultimate definition of success to be able to fully be yourself in this world, regardless of any room you put yourself into. Yes. I mean, can you ask for a better? existence really That's what i'm saying like, just, it is
1: so so good to be able to redefine for people what things are like i want to be a millionaire and still look and act the exact way that i always have and show that this is what it looks like this is what success looks like i don't have to assimilate in any way shape or form i don't have to look quote unquote professional that is like the, like you said, the biggest middle finger that you can give to the patriarchy. And it's just like, yes, mm-hmm. why don't we all do this? This is amazing.
0: Yes. I mean, this goes back to the line I use often as I help you create the success you want while feeling good in the process because so many of us create the success and we're like, mm. but I've totally yeah. lost myself or this is exactly what I did not want, but I right. wanted to please X, Y, Z person. Yeah. And this work is like, okay, not only are you going to shed this one layer, but you're going <laughs> to shed all of it. Yes. <laughs> I even told you during parts of this process of like my skin yes. is like literally shedding <laughs> in different areas. I was like, what the hell is happening? But yeah. So I know Alyssa, the journey's not done for you and I, I'm going into your group program the next few months, <sighs> but anybody who wants to start their journey and doing this kind of work, where would you suggest they start?
1: I really feel like the best places to start is, is just within yourself. Like we've talked a lot about self-awareness, like during our time together and really noticing in yourself, what has come up for you? What do you feel like is missing for you and seeing what feels uncomfortable? Like if you know, like there are so many like little markers that I see whenever I like look at other people's like social media. I'm like, I can see it. Yep. You should be doing this work. It's like little markers. Like one of them is like what we were talking about. If you feel like you feel uncomfortable being your full self, that is one thing. If you feel like societal messages for you have been almost like constricting, and it's very difficult to release yourself from that, even when it comes to societal pressures about like being a mom, they all come from the same place to keep women in their place and not doing anything. And it all has the exact same root. So if you ever hear me say like white supremacy culture, it's the exact same thing as the patriarchy. They're just like, they're brothers. That's literally, it's the exact same thing. If you notice that for yourself, then you know that it's it's time to be able to do this work and you'll be able to do it deeply instead of just like feeling, I know like a lot of people are just like, just tell me what to do. And it's like, nope that's only one part. I can tell you what to do, Mm -hmm. but you also have to internally do the work so that you can execute on doing those things.
0: Yeah. And I will tell you from my experience, once you just get the ball rolling, it just starts coming out. It's like, oh, and that's bullshit. And that's bullshit. And that's (laughs) bullshit. And like, oh God, I didn't know this was going to come up for me. It just, once you open that door, it's just like, you go on this journey and you just get guided. And you just start shedding all of these things that no longer serve you. And luckily you have a coach along the way to hold you and be like, okay, it's going to be okay yeah. because there are some very uncomfortable moments, some feelings you have to feel, but I want to go back to and end with this is that, you know, a lot of people think, oh, I'm going to come in this, especially as a white person and feel so bad.
1: Yeah,
0: I will say during this whole process, it's been the opposite. You've held a lot of empathy for me. There's been a lot of times you're like, Lindsay, you don't have to do everything today. You're doing more than enough. And I think, especially for a lot of coaches or just, you know, people in my world, they want to really impact the world and like, okay, let's just simmer down. Let's just look at you for now. Like what can you do right now? How can you heal? What can you shift? And that can be more than enough.
1: Yes. Literally. Like, I feel like when I talk about this, especially they're like, oh, well, I don't have a business. I don't have the, like. You are an individual person. And the way that I classify a leader is if you have one person who will listen to you talk and actually take in what you're saying, whether that be your friend, if your parents actually listen to you, that's, that's amazing. That, that alone, (laughs) like you have a child, whoever that is, if you have one person that will listen to you, and that means if you shift, you have one person who will at least be able to see things differently.
0: Totally. Totally. So go do this work. Go check out list of stuff. We'll put all the links in the show notes, but you're only working with coaches now, Alyssa, right?
1: Yes. Yeah. Mainly like yeah. coaches and other service-based business situation people.
0: Yeah. But still <laughs> go follow her on Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. What's your handle on Instagram? It's now? AR Leadership. AR Leadership. Because there's a lot of great teaching, and then get on your email list. Yes. Every time I get your emails, I'm like, damn, that's good. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> And thank you for this journey, Alyssa. It's been such a joy and I'm so glad we're going to keep doing it. Yes, me too. Thank you for having me. Hey there, Miss Unstoppable. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode. If you enjoyed it, share it with a friend. Send them a picture of this episode via text, via email, share it on social media. I'm sure they would be so appreciative to know these strategies and tips on how to accomplish your dreams. If you are ready to guarantee you're gonna accomplish your goals and dreams, then it's time to start coaching with me. In my nine month simple success coaching system, I am going to walk you every single step of the way to ensure that you get the goals and dreams that you want. The first step is to apply for a free 60 minute consult call Just go to lindsay, L-I-N-D-S-A-Y, epreston.com forward slash apply to get started. As always, my friend, remember, you're only as unstoppable as you believe you can be. So believe in yourself. You got this.